Welcome back to Freight Waves Live at Home. This is Alan Adler. I'm the Detroit Bureau Chief for Freight Waves. And I'm here with Shai Van Noon, who is the Product Development Manager for Waymovia. Waymovia is an autonomous truck software developer and one of the competitors in that space that is going to eventually help us get to the point of having trucking that is autonomous, that is, that drives itself. Now, we're not quite there yet, and we probably won't be there at the end of this conversation, but it's really important to say of Shai before we bring him on that he really is involved in many of the things that you are familiar with in your homes, such as Alexa and Prime Video, because he worked at Amazon and was a product developer on both of those things and helped bring features to them that you might be familiar with and hopefully like. Uh, Shai came to uh, Waymo Via in January of 2020, and uh, he is now applying, presumably, some of the things that he knew at Amazon and at, and, and at Snap and at Intel, all places that he worked uh, after his time at uh, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Shai, welcome, and thanks for being here. Alan, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's it's great to have you. And, you know, we all are familiar with Waymo, which, of course, was first known as the as the uh, self-driving car project from Google, uh, now Alphabet. Um, but in, more interestingly and, and more for you and for me, uh, Waymo, if a couple of years ago, started uh, Waymo Via, a trucking uh, spinoff or, or companion to uh, the Waymo uh, uh, autonomous car and ride sharing project. Um, we are following at Freightways very closely what's happening in the autonomous trucking space, and so we thought we could just uh, spend a few minutes talking about that. I guess I'm going to I'm going to lead I'm going to lead off with one for you, which is basically help us understand what you brought from your previous career uh, at specifically at Amazon that's really applying uh, here at, uh, at Waymo Via. Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, I'm still very uh, new to the to the industry. Uh, you know, a year and a half in the industry is new for uh, such a complex um, product. But I would say that there are a few things that I hoped to bring when I joined, and I, I realized that they are pretty true when I joined uh, to this team at Waymo, very talented team. Uh, the first one is all about uh, knowing how to productionize and scale your product. Uh, just from the nature of this industry being so much on the bleeding state of the art of technology uh, and uh, being more of a research project in its beginning, a lot of the folks who are uh, leading this industry didn't get a chance to take a product from uh, what it is to scale and productionize it, knowing what the customer needs and how to bring a product to a place that customers actually enjoy. Uh, so that's one thing that I've done at Amazon and at Snap and many other companies that you mentioned before. Um, so that became a realization that it's really valuable for the team. The other thing is all about the uh, synergy between hardware and software. As you mentioned at Waymo, we build our software and hardware in-house. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do. There aren't too many companies that for their success, they need to develop the hardware and software uh, all together in such complexity. Uh, and not too many people know how to do that, how to bridge the gap between those two um, very different cultures and complexities. And so those things, things I've done in my past and proven to be very important at Waymo. I also want to take a second to uh, say that I'm super excited that even after being in those companies you mentioned that are great companies, joining to, to, uh, to the Waymo team is definitely the highlight of my career, working with talented folks. Uh, but mostly in this mission, very important mission in the trucking side uh, to bring safety and value to so many customers and making such a big impact. 
So, Shai, this is kind of a horse race to get to the first autonomous trucks on the road. We've certainly got some examples today of testing and of evaluations that are going on. But I think I've heard you say that that being first isn't as important in terms of taking the driver out of the truck as doing it safely. Can you elaborate? Yeah, happy to. This is an interesting topic. Uh, so you mentioned a horse race, which I, I love that analogy, but I also want to remind us that a uh, horse race can be a very positive experience. I see it as a horse race where each of us in a race, when you think about it, you push each other to go faster and beyond the boundaries of what you would have done if it was only you on the racetrack. So it's a really positive thing for us to succeed and move fast in this industry together, uh, which benefits everybody. Uh, another thing to mention, in my opinion, uh, or many in, in the industry believe that it's not going to be necessarily the winner takes it all kind of situation. The industry, as you know it, is very fragmented. I don't know that it's going to stay fragmented with the autonomous uh, technology uh, available, but there's definitely enough room for multiple players. So even uh, we are planning to be the first, but even if uh, being first for us, it doesn't mean there are not going to be others that are going to succeed with us. Um, Regardless, the question here, as you mentioned, is how important it is to be first versus being safe. And I got to say that in order to succeed, succeed means having this product at scale. It also means you have to do it with safety uh, as the most important uh, priority overall. Uh, it is important for us because we have to maintain the industry uh, trust, the stakeholder trust, our co future customers trust. The only way to scale a product like that is for it to be safe first. Uh, and I hope everybody in the industry believes the same. And so we approach any milestone in this horse race. We're doing it say, with safety first. Yeah, well, I, I think everybody does want that and, and everybody speaks to that. Um, but you're right. I, I didn't realize that when I use horse race, that that really is what's going on. And the horses do push each other. So if that's what's going on, then then all the better, I guess. Now, now, Waymo has more autonomous miles accumulated than any competitor really in this space, uh, most of it in a car, I think. But, but you know, having a lot of data is important. There's no question about that. But how does that apply to feature development like you worked on in, in your previous uh, uh, roles? Yeah, data is an important key of this uh, really big puzzle. And it's great to have a lot of data. Like you mentioned at Waymo, we have 20 million miles of real uh, driving. 20 billion miles of simulated uh, driving. Uh, and one of the biggest first learnings we had in the tracking side is how applicable the learnings were from the passenger side of the of this house and the uh, tracking side. I think the most intuitive way to think about it is if you were to have your license uh, for the first time as a commercial driver license, it will be much easier to do it after you acquired your passenger vehicle license, right? The, the regular license, if you will. Uh, and so very similarly, it's really simple for our uh, for us to understand that those miles do transfer nicely and it's great to have this data. Um, as far as using um, previous learnings, so in, in my past, like you mentioned, working on Prime Video, Alexa, data was always important. Uh, but what's really important about data is also making sure that the quality is important, the quality of the data. And so for us, uh, back in different positions was to make sure we get the right signal from the data that we actually meet the customer expectation and that we can use that data in order to improve the product. Very similarly for Waymo, it's all about the quality of the miles we're getting. And so the way we use those miles, the way we iterate on them, this is part of the secret sauce. Uh, so that's really one thing I do bring from, uh, from past experience of how to do that. 
And another thing here is that data is only one piece of the pie. Uh, also back in different companies that I've worked on, uh, using the data and having, sorry, having data wasn't necessarily the reason we, we, uh, we won and succeeded. It was having a clear vision for the product and the business that you can use the data with in order to produce the product you want. And so data is only one piece of the puzzle. And at Waymo, we have many other uh, kind of synergy and components that create the, uh, the product we want uh, to, to bring the value. Uh, and data is just one of them. Is the, uh, when you talk about vision, is there, is there a part of vision that gets us to, you know, when it is safe to, to, uh, to pull the driver? I mean, you know, a lot of people, not a lot, some have said there's a certain number of miles uh, that you should have in terms of a database, uh, things like that. Is there, a, is there something out there that helps us understand sort of when this might, if not become prevalent, at least become you in use? Yeah, um, I think the one of the key values that Waymo uh, brings to the to the table over other companies is that uh, we, we we solved this puzzle, we solved this maze. And only once you solve the maze, you actually understand how complex the maze is. And it is truly complex. Achieving driverless, um, a, 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 an autonomous vehicle on the road is something that takes a very, a very deep thinking, focus, expertise. Uh, I think us as the team in 2015, we thought we were ready to go drive, uh, to go fully autonomous. Uh, and it took us about five years after until we actually launched a public service uh, for everybody to use in Phoenix. So it does take a long time. And the fact that we already solved, solved the maze, we know what it takes and we know how to do it. And one of the things we know is that it's not going to take over, over it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. There are going to be multiple milestones there. Uh, and another thing is that it's not about getting a, a one-off milestone. It's not having one single uh, or few autonomous drives between point X to point Y. The scale is what matters, and that's the end game. And, and it's going to take time for us to get there. Just to give you an example of of the complexity. And on the, uh, as a company, like I said, we obviously care about safety and we're truly committed to that. And one of the things that we uh, think of safety as an importance of safety in the truck is to have redundancy of systems. It's really similar to what you have on planes. Everything that is key and critical, you have to have a backup for it. And so uh, for the passenger side uh, of, of our business, we had access to multiple generations of, of vehicles with redundancy and iterated on that with our tier ones and, and suppliers. Uh, but on the trucking side, we're still too far from, from having something at scale. And it's gonna take some time for us to nail it down. We're working on that with our OEMs and, and tier ones to get there. But just those things don't happen overnight. And to release something that can work like that with the reliability and safety we wanna offer to our customers, it's going to take uh, some time and we should prepare, be prepared for that journey. Uh, it's interesting that, that you mentioned, you know, the, having the, uh, the, the ride hailing project in, in Phoenix and, and that you solved that maze and, and that you know now how hard it is to do that. But I have to ask, I mean, are there carryover uh, things from, from the one to the other? Now, granted, a lot of people say that trucks make more sense for autonomous operation because they don't run into as many so-called edge cases and, and, you know, especially if you're going hub to hub, you've got, you know, a, a more repeatable kind of route and, and that sort of thing. Um, what, what could you apply from what Waymo learned in uh, autonomous ride hailing to autonomous trucking? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. 
Um, so when we started this project, we, we didn't know the answer. It was really hard uh, to say before you try. Um, and as we went through, we, we learned that there's so much uh, transfer between those two uh, projects that it's almost like a flywheel effect between the two of them. Uh, so some of what I'm going to say, it's more tactical, and then I'm going to talk about something more strategic. So on the tactical side, uh, when we looked at our, our hardware, the type of sensors we need, we pretty much took the same sensor suite that we had on the cars. We modified it a bit in terms of positioning, stiffening. As you know, there's more uh, movement on a truck, a number of sensors because it's a much bigger vehicle. But it was basically the same hardware suite that we use on the, on the, on the cars. Uh, as far as the software, much of it was surprisingly very robust. The AI and ML that we created worked really well on freeways. Uh, again, because as a driver, even as a person, when you learn how to drive, there's a lot of similarities between driving a truck and driving um, a car. Uh, of course, uh, the simulation tooling and infrastructure, all those are really uh, things that nicely translate between uh, everything. And if you want to start an autonomous company from, from zero, you'll have to develop them. So it was great to have those. Uh, but I really want to talk about the flywheel effect that we're, uh, we're seeing here, which is um, on the on the tracking side, the fact that we focused so much on freeway, just from the nature of the domain, that will help a lot the passenger side of the of our business. Once we need to support uh, cities with many freeways on them, like Los Angeles, and it really works nicely on the other way around because uh, when we from the tracking side want to get to every customer, get to the to their yard, the fact that our passenger side have solved. The more, one of the com most complex software uh, surface suites out there in Phoenix, that means that we're be able to support them even in rural locations or in urban locations and get to their yard. Of course, looking even further into the future, it would be very interesting to see how the, the li local delivery side of our business can work in synergy with our trucking side uh, as a, another last mile option. Uh, so all those are really great things. And of course, there's also, also differences uh, that everyone, everyone um, in the industry kind of need to tackle. Uh, so including the fact that we need to be focused more on, on freeways, we need to be focused more on, the, on the, having such a big vehicle with maneuvering it, and uh, the, the fact that it's an articulated vehicle, you have to carry loads. Uh, and a really interesting insight for us was how other road users react to trucks because our system not only sees other road agents, but also predicts what they're about to do. And the prediction was different because uh, as you probably uh, imagine when you're driving next to a truck, uh, you will behave differently than driving next to a passenger vehicle. Uh, so those differences of some th are things we need to tackle, but it was really great to see so many uh, carry-ons from the ride hail side of the business and the flywheel effect we have between those two business lines. Great, you know, you mentioned customers and I think, you know, when we talk about autonomous trucking, your customers are the fleets. And, and I realize, of course, that you've got the uh, arrangement uh, uh, with, uh, with Daimler Trucks to provide them with the uh, uh, fifth generation of Waymo driver, um, which, is, uh, which is terrific. But on the fleet side, how do you see the integration of Waymo driver into fleet operations? Do you think it's a standalone unit uh, at the fleets or is it a special team that operates it? Or could it operate alongside traditional trucking operations? Yeah, this is something we're exploring right now, Alan, because um, 
It is interesting uh, to see that each customer has different expectations and a bit of a difference in settings and environment. And, and those differences, as much as minor they might be from a first look, might actually produce a different answer. Uh, and so what we do what like to do with our uh, the fleets that we, uh, we work with is start from the beginning of what value you think you want to get from this uh, this technology. Many would say, you know, Shai actually wants us to reduce overall cost, or I care about being sustainable uh, and fuel, fuel economy is the one thing that I care for. Um, and so it starts from saying, what is the value looking for? And then learning the details of their operation. Uh, once we have that in place, we can produce a simulation of how this all will work together in, uh, and, and make sure that the value will actually uh, will materialize and, and become real. From there, we form certain pilots and uh, gradually integrate the solution into the fleet. So we want to make sure that customers have full trust in our operation and in this technology before they uh, go up to scale. And I think the, the key message here really about how this technology would work, because uh, your question has a really interesting uh, macro level um, side to it. You know, this technology will force us to change some things in our operation. And our team is thinking about it not only as a place that we introduce a, a piece of technology, but also uh, it's our job to produce a new playbook for the operation of this technology, the way we're going to use it along with our partners. It's a different experience than what we had on the right hill side of the business. Because on right hill, Lyft and Uber, they perfected the experience. And really from there on, it was much uh, easier for us to just take out the driver and then create the experience with what everybody wants. Um, on the trucking side, it's a bit more complex. Drivers have many more jobs than just driving the truck. And you have to think about how to make it all work together uh, and the best way to do that is work together with each uh, customer and in their customer segment, it might produce a different playbook. And we're, we're excited to see how it's going to unravel. Yeah. Well, just to, maybe quickly, there's got to be one or two things that, that you know, from the, uh, you, you know, from the uh, technology side, uh, learnings that you've gained so far, uh, you know, in operation and, and on the product side, anything really stand out to you? There's, there's a lot. Um let me see a few that maybe are more interesting uh, for our listeners, Alan. So uh, the interesting first one that comes to mind is the interaction within the facility and how much it matters. Uh, we thought that when we worked with the different fleets and customers, uh, their facilities are going to look much the same. Uh, almost like you, as you walk to a McDonald's uh, branch, they always look the same, right? Uh, and in reality, it wasn't that way at all. Uh, the, the structure of each facility, the policies of each facility, the workflow uh, and the interactions in them, all of them actually meant that we have to change our tech in order to adapt to it and make sure that we're making uh, a seamless product and experience for our customers because we want to make it a no-brainer for them to switch to an autonomous uh, technology. The other part was about load safety. So uh, if at Waymo we obsessed over the years on over human safety, you know, road users, passengers, um, suddenly with Waymo Via, we also decided to go above and beyond on load safety. And uh, it's something that wasn't there before. And even with human drivers, you know, they're so talented, uh, but they still might uh, get to a point where the, the, the load is, is damaged. 
we want to get to a point where we uh, always deliver the on time and with no damage the load safely to our customers. And that's that's a key thing for us. And to work on that and iterate on that, that that was a big learning. Yeah. Let me get you out of here on this one. And, and, it, and it's one that honestly has gotten a lot of attention from many quarters of the trucking industry. And that's this whole idea of uh, drivers being replaced by robots. This This whole idea that, you know, I guess the question comes down to this. Should today's truck drivers be concerned about losing their jobs to a software stack in an autonomous truck? In short, absolutely no. Um, we believe that over the years, we're going to not only uh, produce more and more um, jobs with this space, we're actually make, going to make those jobs uh, probably more appealing and pleasant for uh, for the folks who work in this industry. Um, so first, I think there, it's not a secret. There's, a, there's definitely a shortage of drivers right now in the U.S., Alan, as you're probably well aware and your listen, listeners are aware. And it's only projected to increase. Uh, both because of demand and both because of the choice of profession that folks have nowadays. Um, and so we are really trying to first answer this immediate need. Uh, by answering this immediate need, our focus in the beginning is, is to focus on long haul routes. Those are the most tiring, tedious, and really hard to recruit for. And uh, in that way, we're actually taking away jobs that are not really uh, pursued by many. Uh, the other thing is about taking using the right hill side of the business as a mirror into the future. So we do created so many different type of jobs uh, in this space for passenger vehicles, from driving specialists, uh, technicians, uh, and dispatchers, customer support. All those jobs were not there before, and uh, we're expecting to have the same ex- uh, effect on the trucking side. Lastly, the trucking side has even a bigger problem. Like I mentioned, drivers they have uh, many more jobs than just driving, right? And so those jobs still need to be fulfilled somehow. And the jobs I'm talking about are unloading cargo, loading cargo, inspecting the trucks, recording the deliveries, refueling, cleaning the vehicle. All those things will still have to be done. And you probably can do all of them while uh, being domiciled to one location and going back home and being with your family every night, something that folks in the industry today, not all of them enjoy. So I'm very excited for folks in this industry to see how positive, how much of a positive impact this technology will have on their lives. Great. Well, Shai, it's been a pleasure. Really good to have you today. And, and thanks for your insights on what's happening at Waymo and really in the whole autonomous trucking industry. So thanks again for being here. Thank you for having me.